Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. Ellie is Charlotte's mum. I was fucking right. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I'm just a bit worried about the... uh, the recording there, but we'll roll, we'll roll with it no matter what. Uh. Hopefully that didn't peak. <laughs> we'll, we'll use the noise gates. We'll employ our noise gate knowledge and all yeah. of the technical skills. If you sound like a demon, you sound like a demon. Let's be fair. Listen, all right. I don't swear that often on this show, but that one, <laughs> that one was all right. That was not bad. I have to say, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe that turned out to be right. That was I was saying to you before we recorded that I think that was up there with Regina will have a sword fight at some point as one of the more ridiculous theories that um yeah <laughs> that I propose and yet somehow we've arrived at it being a totally logical thing in the world of dark. Yeah, you've you've consistently consistently talked about how ridiculous that would be. Um unfortunately for you no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So the Conrad back from episode like five, I think, when we were talking about the implications of Marta being Yoda's yeah. auntie, and yeah. you were saying, "I don't no, think no, I'm no, into no, that." No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, we're not. We're not going down that route. Don't be ridiculous. But we did. We and are here. There. We are. <laughs> people are their own grandmothers it doesn't make any sense people have got golden snitches and <laughs> new haircuts and. Uh, I don't know what's gold, going on in dark anymore. Snitches, yeah. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Oh god. This episode. I'm... I I I like. I've stolen the intro from you, and I can't remember any of the plugs. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching the After Dark podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, so, guys, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on audio apps if you haven't already. If you leave comments, uh, I don't think there'll be any questions on this one because we we're going to use the uh, questions for this episode as the end of the season questions. So. There's no, uh, there's no obligation for you in the comments to ask questions. Uh, if you want to, we might do, we might get around to them eventually. Um, if you want to send questions or even a message to us uh, on, uh, from our e- to our email, that's adpodmail at gmail.com. Uh, we've already had a few lovely messages on there. Um, one in particular from uh, Butiska King goes by Tiska. Um, Butiska King sent us a fantastic, lovely message. Conrad, I don't know if you got, managed to see it yet. Uh, I didn't actually. No, I haven't. I I meant to do that this uh, this morning and then completely forgot. So you'll have to tell me. Yeah. So uh, well, Tiska was just talking about how how grateful she was of the show and also that she wants to be a Conrad next time round. Well, there's plenty of room in the Conrad pool. <laughs> Come yeah. on in. Uh, I also want to say th- very thank uh, thank you a lot to Tiska who has donated twenty dollars to us. It is oh, wow, unbelievable. Uh, that's going to go a long way to getting Conrad's teeth whitened. Uh, so <laughs> that's a joke that does only plays for us because we can now to give the listeners a brief insight into what they might see if they watch the questions and answers episode. Uh, <laughs> we only like we can actually see each other now. Yeah, and, and my also, teeth do look very white in this. Yeah, but also cards on the table. Conrad's teeth are looking very white, and which is kind of making mine look a little off-white. And that's why I said it. I'm projecting onto him my, my own teeth, worries. My teeth aren't this white. I don't know what this camera is doing, but I'm, <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm getting a it's, glow It's up. using your, your teeth as the white balance, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Have you seen that episode of Friends uh, where Ross gets his teeth whitened and they like glow in the dark? 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that that came out like 25 years ago, so it's a slightly dated reference. Yeah. But that's how I feel now. Oh, it's crazy that Friends is dated now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a dated reference. Uh, that'll make you feel old. Jeez, that was a big one. But uh, also, thank you very much to Vic Disco. Uh, Vic has uh, donated ten $10 to us. Uh, we we thanked you a few weeks ago, Vic, but that was for a different donation. So very, very thankful uh, to all these donations coming in. As yeah. we say, we've just got Conrad a new webcam. Uh, the next thing up, for, up, we're not sure. We have to discuss that, actually, what would make the show better next. I've got big plans, to be honest with you. Uh, and I don't know if I, I know I should mention this. Don't donate money is all I'll say. Just so you know, I'm not begging. Don't, don't, don't donate money. But eventually, probably in like six months, I want to upgrade my own mic system to like a proper, like you know, a proper podcast mic system where proper we can stuff. have we can properly have two people in the same room because uh, there's been a few issues with me and Ema uh, trying to do that. We've been going into the same mic, which is making us have low audio. Anyway, anyway, a whole load of things. I want to try and upgrade to a more professional system. However. At the time being, thank you very much to those two. Um, all right, guys, I think yeah, we should you. get... Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I think we should get into this episode because it's a long one. I've mm-hmm. got a lot to talk about, and we've already rambled for five minutes. <laughs> I've got I've got some celebrating to do. Actually, I'll, I'll say this right now before we get into it. Uh, the Theory Matrix took an absolute pounding in this episode, but... Uh, <laughs> I, but I feel like in my mind I've awarded myself like a million points for getting the alien Charlotte one, <laughs> Charlotte one right. So. Yeah, and you've just reminded me actually. Next Monday is uh, Conrad's Theory Matrix episode, so if you want to see how Conrad's theories went this month, uh, or the series I should say, uh, then tune in for that. And also the Friday episode that week will hopefully we're planning on doing Conrad reacting to my season three theories. So that'll yeah. be good fun. Uh, all right, guys. So let's get into it, Conrad. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! So the episode opens with Conrad getting a little, you know, his theory matrix has taken a battering. The answers are going down. And then all of a yeah. sudden, a hand extends from, from dark. Here like you go, son. Like a ray son. of light. Here you go, son. Take that point. Yeah, stick that one in the back of the net. Ah, uh, I could... Mm. So Elizabeth, just... Elizabeth is Charlotte's mother for anyone who is late to the party here. Yeah, the, I... I... I can't believe I got this right. Like I, this was like up there with, like I say, the more the more ridiculous theories that that I've thought of. I think I I didn't have any. I I figured it was just me reading way too much into the relationship between those two, um, in basically the first scene that we see them together. <laughs> but here we are. Um, yeah. If you, if you the, go back on the YouTube videos and look at all the comments now, you're going to see so many people being like. I can't believe he got and then oh, redacted. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, I will take those compliments and praise now, please. Shower me, shower me with praise. <laughs> no, it's I like it was the writers of this show are just ridiculous. To be honest, there's a lot of stuff in this episode where um, that I really want to discuss that that is really, really like top tier writing. Mm. Um, and I don't think this is necessarily an example of that because it's just nuts but the fact that they're even (laughs) the fact they're even prepared to do something like this and they're trying to keep all these balls in the air with like these people being related to it to to you know all these other people and the the sidestep they take at the end of this episode it's like you've already got like this ball of just increasing complexity with all the different timelines going on and then and then they just like kind of magnify or squared it basically by saying oh yeah there's other stuff going on as well. I don't even know where this is going to go next, but um, 
yeah i don't i don't want to go too deep into the episode like right now but yeah, I, yeah. I think but I, I, maybe you can you can um correct me if i'm wrong here but i think this opening is the first time we've had a noah voiceover um, well in the opening of the episode not 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 in the opening of the point. episode you might be right about that yeah and i'll tell you it's it's interesting actually because it's it's one of those things like sometimes with the openings you don't really think at the very beginning who is talking yeah. um you know so no we knew it's not obviously because it eventually goes and he's talking to his younger self but whenever i i started watching this episode again and for whatever reason i haven't seen this episode in what like maybe five months since just before the third season came out and for whatever reason, I was uh, I was taken aback whenever I was watching the dub and I heard like the really high pitched Noah voice and I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is Noah, what? Because in my head, I was I didn't remember he voiced over the start of an episode. I don't know why, but yeah, mm. I thought it was pretty cool. I like that it went into um, it made sense as well because it's obviously talking about his partner, um, and then it goes into and his daughter, and it goes into him talking to his younger self. And there's a few things I want to speak about about him, his relationship with his younger self in this episode later on. But um, yeah, what did you think about the initial little scene of him sending his younger self into Adam? Yes, I, I think um, it's it's a fascinating, it's another one of those relationships, um, and a really interesting mirror to um, the stranger and Jonas, where the older self um, is basically telling their younger self, "You have to do everything the same way I did it, so that I can be in this point." Uh, right now and it's laced with that dramatic irony where you kind of know that the the older self isn't going to achieve what they think they're going to achieve obviously in noah's case it it goes badly wrong um for him and and it's um this scene kind of the the entire noah plotline in this is so interesting so obviously like with how it relates back to ellie in the opening um the fact that it is confirmed that Ellie is Charlotte's mum, it, it, it makes you question where those two are going to get together. Like, where is young Noah going and and where where is Ellie going to go as well? Where has she been, I guess, at that point? Um, but yeah, the the um, Noah sending himself off at the beginning of the episode, to me, seemed like it might have been Magnus and Francisca kind of operating outside of Adam's wishes, given Adam doesn't appear to know that it's going to happen. Um, or doesn't mm. appear to be present for it. But, no, no uh, what's going to happen? Well, I don't know. Whatever he's going to do, like the the fact that he's going back in time without Adam present, makes me think that it's being done without his knowledge. Mm, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot to say on the path of Noah uh, throughout this episode. But I, I guess we'll probably come back to it in the sort of the big scene between those two. But it's it's a hell of a start to an episode. Yeah, and I, I might just also I might just add a little bit here is that um, I thought. Knowing what comes in this episode, which we'll go into more detail later, but knowing what comes, it's really interesting to me the idea that I think if Noah knew what was going to happen in this episode, he wouldn't have sent himself through that door. No, you know I, mean? I agree. I agree. I, th- I think he's much like Stranger trying to close the passage. Yeah. I, I don't think Noah has, and, and Stranger to a certain extent actually in this episode as well, again, neither of them actually know anywhere near as much as they think they do. And... um I, I think if the, if they could do this do the the events of this episode again, they would do them differently. Oh yeah, definitely. And I also yeah, I think you've made a good little comparison to the stranger there because if you think about the last episode of season one, that was like the stranger failing, um, and this episode was Noah failing. It was stranger failing again. Let's be honest. Yes, a stranger was back at it again. Yeah. But Noah has from from the end of the first season has grown or sort of regressed in our minds now 
into the same sort of pot as the stranger in the mm. first season noah seemed like the all almighty he knew everything and yeah. now he's just in the same boat as a stranger yeah he's just been manipulated and lied to and he, he ends up being well we i mean we know that he's a small part in a game that as cloudy and adam have both said to him he doesn't actually know how to play um and it, yeah it, it's i'm very interested to see what happens with young noah now i'm i'm sad we'll we'll, we'll go through a proper moratorium of, of mark vashke uh, as a as a presence in the show i hope i hope he does come back obviously he can do um in the different timelines but but he, the idea that he might not be a major part and it's all on young noah now is is sad because he he has played that character phenomenally well yeah he's, he's fantastic and uh I do. I understand that fear that he's not coming back, um, and I, I also understand. Like, I, whenever Marta is shot at the end, I had the same fear about her. But obviously, that's mm. rectified within <laughs> <laughs> within like a minute. Of yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right. So um, then we get the title card, which is well, it doesn't have the title card on it, as we know, but it says the day of the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, it's finally your diary. The big day. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> It's the most wonderful time <laughs> of the year. <laughs> yeah, actually, it is all. It's almost exactly on Australian uh, Christmas too, twenty fifth oh, of June. There you go. Um, that's they must that's, have known. Yeah, well, obviously Australia. Just for anyone listening who doesn't know, Australia does celebrate Christmas on the twenty fifth of December, like everyone else. But there's a certain contingent of Australian people who, just for shits and giggles, will uh, have Christmas on the twenty fifth of June as well because it's kind of like their equivalent in the middle of winter. Um, yeah, they just want they want that seasonal Yuletide feeling. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so this episode's called Endings and Beginnings, and uh, if you have a good memory, Conrad, which I know you do, but maybe not this good, the first episode was called Beginnings and Endings. Yeah, I, I literally wrote underneath this. We bloody had this before in season one. And I can't remember it, like because well, the, first, the first episode of season two, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, because the first episode of season one is Secrets, I think. Yeah, Secrets. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I suggested for this, and I, I know this is wrong, but it's as close as I can get to it, is End of to Begin It. But I'm almost, I, I know that's wrong. because I, I think I that's remember. almost exactly the same as you said last time. Yeah, yeah, it's literally a reverse of the incorrect answer that I gave the last time this came up. Okay, um, so I have it in so, front of me. Go on. Um, and I'll try and pronounce it. Now, if I get this wrong, it's going to be hilarious because I've already been corrected on how to do it from the comments from last time. <laughs> Uh, enden und Anfang. Okay, yeah, sure, that sounds right. Yeah, that's right, definitely. Yeah, so uh, my German hasn't improved since the beginning of season two, is what we learned from this. Also, someone in the comments gave you more credit than you deserve because they said you've got A level German. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't have GCSE level German, but I wonder if that was also someone sarcastically thinking that A level is like a grade rather than that's that's just what we call our, <laughs> oh, like, col- yeah. our college degrees if I, if I was giving myself a letter grade on my german i'd probably give myself like an e just slightly yeah. above an f yeah fair enough um probably i would i would agree uh, <laughs> especially if it was an a level in it uh okay so then um i think we've got an example of a little bit of that really cool writing you were talking about earlier uh because we get stranger and we get also a shot of the spot on the ground which we've seen multiple times throughout this season yeah um um, and then that's also sort of now Jonas is sort of uh giving a little bit of narration while he's taking Claudia through the caves as well yeah so um the spot on the floor I by the I'll probably say this now because I don't think it's that much more significant than this or I could be wrong um that seems to me like it's just him 
reflecting on the spot where Martha will die in this episode. Um, uh-huh. I, I, cause I, I think I'd theorized, in fact, I know I had because I had to mark it as wrong in the theory matrix. Uh, the other something day. was buried there. Or something? Um, yeah. Like I thought, um, Jonas as a, like as his young self might've buried something under the floorboards, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, well, it, I think, I think the initial shot, um, of him looking at the floorboards was Hannah saying something to him like, you know, why did you come here? Why did you come back? And then he yeah. looked at the floorboards. So obviously his idea is that he wants to stop it happening. Yeah, and I, I don't want to get too much into this now. Um, I'll probably, we'll probably come back to this when the gun comes into the show. But Chekhov's gun. The, well, I mean, it is it is Chekhov's gun, obviously. It does eventually go off. But the, um, well, it goes off twice, in fact. Um, the sleight of hand of the writing as 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 it relates to the gun is is so so clever in this episode just how it's I, I i won't go too much into it now but the way it's passed from character to character and eventually ends up right where stranger doesn't want it to end up <laughs> is uh is a remarkable piece of writing um but i won't go too much into that now because there's there's going to be plenty of scenes for us to talk about where yeah, that happens yeah. um the thing I, I was wondering about with claudio and jonas is uh, jonas says they're changing a grain of sand i i'm not really sure Exactly what it is that they're chain that the grain of sand that they're that they that they're like trying to change in this. Um, yeah. So uh, in terms of this Jonas, yeah. I think he's speaking through older Claudia at this point. And I don't know if we've been it's been revealed what their what their plan is. Yeah. At this point, like, what well, I I don't really because he th- just he he turns up and is basically saying I've got to get Marta, I've got to get my mum. I think he thought. I think he thought. Maybe Claudia played him and said that, you know, if you go, you can get Marta into the bunker. Like, I, that's probably what he thinks he's changing. Yeah, that could be. That could be. So, it, which, which, like, both, both middle and young Jonas are both trying to save Marta in this episode. Yeah, and both failing. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it is. Uh... It's interesting if that is Claudia kind of talking through him, like he's sort of internalizing her terminology for what she's trying to do because. It does imply that she has, you know, figured out how to change things, um, mm. and and uh, well, either that or she's just completely lying to him. But she doesn't. <laughs> Everyone seem... who's thought they can change things so far, hasn't, yeah, but... has, has come up in the end not knowing what they're talking about. Yeah, I I think um, that is true, but I, I I think I don't know. I'm just inclined to trust her a lot more than I trust uh, trust the Sigmunda guys for for a start because. They don't, she doesn't have like a temple that's full of <laughs> boring people who dress the same. Um, I I really like just to briefly talk about Jonas in this this opening scene with Claudia. I, I think yep. the um, there's some interesting character development for him where he's talking about accepting being part of the disaster um, in order to work towards preventing it, which is like that's a very heavy burden mm. for him to have accepted. Um, it does make me wonder whether he fully appreciates that he will be erasing himself. I know he has kind of acknowledged it before, but whether he fully actually does appreciate um, what's going to happen to to him and everyone that he knows as a result of changing it, if he can ultimately do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting because also, but to add to that as well, is it's interesting that the character development this that this Jonas is doing is also had already. If you were to believe that this is all a cycle, the stranger has also already been through that. So yeah. it's sort of like it's a never-ending aim for Jonas because he always keeps coming back to trying to change stuff. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I kind of 
I'm assuming that little things are changing each time, but... Well, actually, I'm pretty sure there's a big thing that's changed this time round that we'll get to by the end of the episode. But yeah, I'm, I'm also... I'm fascinated to know whether he told Claudia who Adam is. That's the other thing. Yeah, whether he actually said, yeah, it's me. Yeah. It's also, that's a couple of times that happened in this episode because also mm. Marta asks at the end, who's that? I was like, what's me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm about to shoot you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry in advance. 66 years in advance. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to say it. I'll say it for him. Uh, all right. So then next we get Regina. Uh, talking to Bartos, and uh, Bartos lets her know after <laughs> six or seven months that... that uh, yeah, oh, by the way. Oh, yeah, by the way, you know that mother? Yeah, she. Uh, your mother actually came back. Uh, yeah, she's alive, and I saw her, like, six months ago. Sorry, I didn't mention it. Yeah, and was, oh, there was a nice line, though, that uh, Bartos said that she she's sorry, and she said if she could turn back time, she'd change the way things happened. Yeah, and, and I think um, th- this... This relationship in this episode and what we kind of just said about Jonas and the implications of him accepting his responsibility as part of the disaster and his his role in changing it, it got me thinking about the quote-unquote good guys in Dark and the reasons they are fighting. And I think this episode, and I guess in a way Dark in, uh, more broadly, is kind of anchored in three core relationships in Jonas and Marta, um, Claudia and Regina, and and the Noah, Ellie, Charlotte kind of trio. Um, And it's really interesting to me that all three of these relationships have kind of caused people to take up arms against the Sigmundus group at some point. Um, But in the case of Noah and Jonas, the, the relationships they're fighting for, if they're actually able to correct the timeline those relationships won't exist anymore um which does make me think that the claudia and regina relationship is maybe the kind of core relationship of the whole show because that's the that is when you break it down to its really fundamental components that's just a mother and a daughter who didn't get to spend time with each other because of everything else that has gone on Mm -hmm. around vinden um And it's it makes the scene between them really touching in this episode, but it also tinges when when I actually reflect on it, it tinges all of the Noah and Ellie and Charlotte stuff and all of the Jonas and Marta stuff with a huge amount of sadness because those relationships are fundamentally doomed. Yeah, because yeah, because like if if if, if they do achieve what they want to achieve, well, then they're gonna yeah, have no yeah. relationship. And Jonas ain't gonna be around, I don't think. And, and that's the strange thing is because. Yeah, Jonas does seem to go from someone who wants to fix things and be with Marta. He goes to the point where he does fully accept that actually, I'm not going to be here anymore. But maybe yeah. he can save Marta. Like I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Well, I think that's what I'd, I, I'll be interested to see. I, I, but I think that's what's going to drive Jonas from here on out is that realization that he, if he exists, he will have. Uh, that relationship with Marta, but it will ultimately cause her to die. And mm. I, I think his character seems like he is on an arc towards accepting that he must not exist in order for Marta to live. Um, which is, I, I, re- I, I'll be fascinated to see how they develop his character towards that, if that is where they take it, because that would be really sad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I always say awesome after something sad. Anyway. <laughs> It's just it's a thing I do, you know. It's a thing I do. Uh, anyway, so uh, next we get a scene with Klausen and Yasin, and uh, sorry, Alexander, and uh, Tor- 
I was going to say Torbjorn. <laughs> Torbjorn. 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 Torbjorn, ready to work. <laughs> That's an Overwatch joke for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about. There's a question about Overwatch in the uh, question and answer video. Is there really? This Friday that is going to have uh, Conrad's face in it. So check it out. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Alexander uh, has been told by Klausen that they have a search warrant. So I think this is actually a point for Conrad. I was in on in class and stopping Alexander from being at the power plant to yep. now I don't think it's exactly right but I think I th- I would give it to you I, oh, I would okay. give it to, I'd give it to you like it, it's I think there's it's proved in this episode that there was more to Clausen uh than just you know or like more to Alexander and Clausen's storyline than just being a way to get to the power plant yeah. um I think, like, obviously, we'll go and get into it later, but I think fundamentally, Clausen is one of the main reasons that the apocalypse happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. I, I have some thoughts on Clausen's behavior in this episode. Like, I, I'm not going to. Well, I mean, we can, I guess we can do it now if you want to, like, yeah, go yeah, through it. Like, you're not allowed to just tell people to dig up radioactive material because you have a search warrant, I don't think. He's got a search warrant. Come on, he can do anything <laughs> yeah. he wants. Search warrant doesn't mean uh, destroy all this and then you're gonna have to rebuild it again later and endanger all our lives i mm, part of me thinks part of me thinks you know is that like alexander ordered them all to do this and like all these guys are just like scientists who work in the power plant and like so they they know it's wrong they know they shouldn't have done that so whenever that he's like dig it up like they're they're not in their right mind to think oh you're not allowed to tell us to do that like they're not criminals you know yeah i guess there's the weight of weight off their shoulders to finally reveal the truth they could be yeah but i I mean i'll remind you of that when we go through the theory matrix episode because i think i actually marked that as orange because i wasn't comfortable claiming the points for it but it's uh in in terms of the original scene clausen still being a bloody a bloody like dr- dramatic element in the show with his like kind of flicking the <laughs> flicking the le- the search warrant across the desk to Alexander. It's just like come on, it yeah. just you know, it's, there's he's, no he's, need for all of this. He he really does ham up every scene scene he's yeah. in. Um, he's, and I'm here, he's very uh, good. Yeah, I'm here for every minute of it. But uh, Tor- Torben um, uh, actually deserts Alexander here at the end. Oh, but yeah, he does. He refuses to to help him. So I guess we'll never know what leverage he had over him. It, it, like his eye and the lever- the the eye and uh and his relationship to Yasin slash Alexander must be uh must be related somehow. Yeah, it must be. Uh, maybe maybe Alexander <laughs> saw him doing something crazy, which injured his eye, and then like yeah. so he's got dirt on him now. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, we did. I did theorize in the early season one goings that there was some Yggdrasil kind of Norse mythology stuff going on here. And as we know, Odin has one eye, so perhaps Tor- Tor- Torben is a, a watchful observer over the goings on in Vinden, like the the All Father. <laughs> That's something and- we we need to do an episode of Dark Discussions on. Yeah, the Norse mythology of Dark and how it relates to Torben. <laughs> the funny thing is, the, the reason why he's got one eye to begin with is because the actor actually injured his eye like two weeks before shooting. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. So I, I that's, yeah, that's amazing. I love <laughs> like the thing he had on his eye in the first season, the big bandage. That was actually real. That's amazing. 
well done to them for just being like, yeah, it's, it's like in uh, Empire Strikes Back when Mark Hamill got in a car crash and they just stuck in the bit with the uh, the Wampa at the beginning of it where he gets all scarred up. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I, that's great. Well, there we go. I, 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 I hope that it's never mentioned again and Torben's Eye just remains a mystery in the ether for all of us to ponder on. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm hoping to. Uh, okay, uh, so... Next scene, we get uh, Marta comes in to... Uh, sorry, Stranger goes around to Marta. Um, and he's got a gun with him. Mm. He says, you have to come with me. And then she says, it's not right. It's not right. See, so she seems to be... She's not really happy with the idea of continuing a relationship with a fella 33 years older than she last saw him. Yeah, I mean, the age is a problem and the relationship doesn't make it any better, <laughs> to be honest. It's, it's, a, a, bit, it's a bit ironic, actually, because she's the auntie and he's the nephew, but the actual age is a flip than what it would be in real life. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, the, uh, Marta's, Marta has got the right idea here, though. Like, you, you probably shouldn't date someone 33 years older than you as a, as a start, particularly when you're related to them. Um, so I, I sympathise with her. Um, but yeah, this relationship is amazing in this episode. And, and to kind of get into the 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 sort of the, uh, it's almost like a magic trick in the writing with the gun really so first off like stranger's desperation to kind of save marta in this episode it's interesting that it pushes him to the point of threatening her um which is maybe a brief glimpse into the kind of desperation that adam is prepared to resort to like later in his life just a sort of a sort of spark of of that kind of um i guess malice isn't the right word but that willingness to resort to violence. Although actually I don't I don't think there's any chance he would have ever shot Marta. <laughs> like it's sort of threatening someone to come with, with to come with you with a gun because you're trying to save their life is a bit like <laughs> mm, Yeah. I don't know he, if I buy he, that. He wouldn't have done it. Although can we the person you know who I blame for Marta's death? Go on. Peter. <clears throat> oh open that bloody door. Yeah. Just if she's locked in there for a reason, Peter. <laughs> Yeah, would you not think of that? All right, so yeah, so obviously this relationship, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that she did reject him, but then later in the episode she sort of accepted the younger Jonas. Because um, once she saw her, her, her boy back, you know, that, and she yeah. was actually confirmed, actually, you know, this is my Jonas, then yeah. she sort of threw caution to the wind. Um, yeah, a- there, I mean, there, there's a, there is an element of like the doomed romance in that, of just like, the the world is literally kind of burning down around them, even though they may not fully appreciate it at the point that they that they see each other again. But he he is he is her Jonas um, in a way that the stranger isn't. Although there's obviously still um, aspects of her Jonas in in the stranger. Um, but yeah, the 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 real thing that the, the thing that I there's a lot to love in the 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 kind of death of Marta storyline in in this episode. But the paradoxical nature of the pistol um, and the fact that if Stranger had never forcefully attempted to save her at gunpoint, Young Now wouldn't have taken the gun from him, wouldn't have failed to use it against Adam, and then Adam wouldn't have had it to kill her with. It is ridiculously clever writing in terms of how that item moves through the plot of the episode. It's it, it's it's very, very, very good stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, it's great. Uh Okay, so we then, as throughout this episode, first time we've seen this as well, they keep putting cards up. So this one says six hours to the apocalypse. W- uh, what did you think when you saw this decision to uh, keep reminding us? The ticking, it's like an episode of, uh, yeah, it's like an episode of 24. I was expecting <laughs> the screen to kind of go, doo, 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 and show like Peter Doppler 
doing stuff with Ellie in the in the uh, at home and like um, Egon and uh, not Egon, uh, Tronta and Yana trimming the bush and like just not not aware that anything is going on yeah. <laughs> whatsoever because Katarina just doesn't care. <laughs> it's I feel a bit sorry for them to be on and Benny as well. Like Benny just like. Oh yeah, well, bye. Sorry, sorry Ben. <laughs> <laughs> bye now. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was it, it was um it was interesting. I mean, it's yeah, as you say, it's it's a dramatic device as old as as drama. Like a ticking clock is is a great way to build tension, and and it does. Like the the pacing of this episode is pretty much perfect in terms of ramping up to yeah. the the calamity that we know is coming at the end of it. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, the next scene, I thought was in the last episode and i i was remember i said i was gonna wait till you said something before i said well yeah. this this was the scene that i was talking about and it's the scene where they're underneath the bridge francisca Ma- uh, magnus and bartos hmm. and francisca says to bartos because he's panicking like he's threatened and she says maybe this was your role just to give us the machine and tell us how to use it and as soon as she says that i can just hear bartos like fucking breaking inside yeah you know? it just deflates it's like oh she's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you weren't as important as you thought you were bartos now we're telling you that you were you know the the, the a key part to this is it was all a lie yeah and it, it, it like this it's really interesting with these guys actually because as it stands they've kind of just been left to their own devices really like they kind of know roughly what's going on but Bartos has been abandoned by Noah Francisca and Magnus have been abandoned or abandoned maybe a harsh word but their parents aren't there kind of guiding them through anything mm-hmm. so the fact that stranger Francisca Magnus and Bartos are all time traveling together and and none of them really seem to have any idea what they're doing makes me think that Sigmundus is going to be like some thrown together thing that ends up maybe turning into something more sinister than than um than they initially intend it to be because i just i just don't see how they get there without there being some i don't know some bumbling along the way really yeah okay it, it's interesting as well because like also by the end of the, the episode you sort of it's sort of hinting at sort of what happens a little bit as well, like where where the characters are sort of all grouping up together, the different the different sects of characters grouping yeah, up. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Sort of hints at where we're going next a little bit. Katarina uh, goes into um, the the Carnvald house, and um, then she finds the map, she finds the light, all this sort of stuff, and mm. she is going to. Um, uh, she's going to go to the caves, obviously, because she's got the map now. So. Uh, yeah. What do you think of this? Yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting with Katarina that her storyline is, of, of, or specifically of her traveling through time, to me, it almost feels like it's presented as a bit of an afterthought to everything else that's going on um, in terms of like what the main characters are up to. But I think if, if Dark has done anything, it's earned enough credit with its good writing for me to believe that nothing really happens just because in the script, like there's going to be a reason for everything. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, to my mind, the, the gear that was left for Jonas to navigate the caves was also left for her to do it, um, mm-hmm. which makes me think she's going to have a f- significant input in what happens um, what happens in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I, she's another one where I think... Uh, the, I can't remember if she was in the last episode, actually. she was No, she wasn't the last episode, wasn't she? Like, uh, briefly. Um it's she's another one where it's like hard to pin down where she's actually going to end up next season 
but she feels significant. Yeah, and I also would say that um, there's certain characters like that have more to do in each season, and they sort of like sort of there's ones that like Ulrich, for example, was very first season heavy. Second season, maybe you would say Noah um, had a lot more to do. Charlotte actually probably would be the one I'm thinking of more. Actually, um, they have more to do in the second season. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know maybe the third season is Katarina's time to shine. You know, like like there 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 is going to be characters that come to the forefront that otherwise didn't. Just like there was coming from season one to season two. Yeah, no, I, and I I'm really interested to see who that is because. Like I, I, honestly, I don't know where Katarina is going from here. Like her plan is obviously still to save Mickle, but is Mickle still savable? I mean, she, well, she's literally told he isn't at this point by by yeah. a stranger because his future has already happened. So I I just don't know where that's going at all. I can't even begin to guess where her storyline's going. But I she. <laughs> I wonder if her like kind of bullish nature is going to come back in quite a significant way where someone's like, you can flip this switch and it will fix everything, but you have to think really long about it. And then she's like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> F- yeah. Flicks, see you later. <laughs> yeah. You've ruined it all, Katarina. Don't care. She's going, I'm going back to 2019. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, then uh, we get uh stranger actually putting Marta into the, into the bunker. Yeah. Um, so he he says I can't stop hoping that I can change things and and uh, she tells Jonas uh tell he uh, oh sorry he he in this in my opinion he sets the cards in motion here for her to be shot right yeah absolutely yeah because he actually gives her the key information that Jonas is coming back which actually ends up to her going to the Carnval house well yeah and you know he he's the one who's taken the gun out of the out of the the, the box, the, the box. Like if he just left it, she wouldn't have been shot. Um, and I, I think this storyline really captures how out of his depth Stranger is, um, and how immature he is. Uh, he looks like a grown man, but I think in everything he does in this episode, it's very clear that he's still that scared teenager mm-hmm. uh, that we see hanging around with Claudia in this episode. You know, he threatens Martha with a gun that he clearly has no intention of using. Um, and and because he's so short-sighted in just his desire to protect Marta, um, or maybe his lack of observation um, during the scene where Adam actually kills her, he doesn't realise that he's setting in motion the events that will lead to it. Um, and it's it's just it's this very very like rich vein of irony that runs throughout this entire episode. And yeah. It's always really tragic, uh, but it's it's incredibly. I don't want to say it's entertaining to watch, but it's definitely compelling. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it is entertaining. I think, uh, I think this uh, definitely it's a type of entertainment. I wouldn't say it's a happy sort, but uh, no, definitely. yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking to watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so Charlotte then uh, comes into the police station. Torben, he's got something to tell her. <laughs> oh, just God bless him in this episode for just he, he gets caught up on everything that has happened in two seasons of Dark in, like, a half-hour car journey. Yeah. <laughs> like, and by the end of it, he's just like, okay, I guess so. Got like, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. Like, I th- he he might be the most competent police officer that Vinden has ever seen. Yeah, that's why he was so good at uh, being a crooked uh, or a bent copper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, like, it, I just, uh, he always looks a little bit upset. 
and it's never more evident than than when Charlotte is like, well, we don't even see Charlotte explaining it. We just see him responding to it later on in the car, and it's fantastic. I couldn't stop laughing because he's just like, "You're telling me that this is going to cause the apocalypse, and Klaus is going to do something there, and this is going to send everyone back in time." And 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 then Charlotte's like, "Yep," and he's like, "All right, well, well what are we fucking waiting for? <laughs> yeah, let's go." <laughs> yeah. Police squad, and they just yeah hit the sirens, and <laughs> they go charging on. But and that, that's another paradoxical um, kind of relationship uh, or string of events. You know, like Charlotte's determination to stop the apocalypse from happening is, in many ways, what causes the apocalypse to happen. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Did did Charlotte have a have a have a thing? Like, did did she actually have an effect? Ooh, I'm, I'm she, a... If she wasn't there, oh like, yeah, because she because she touched the portal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, there's there's these there are these great moments in this episode where people it's 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 I I it's I know, I said this in episode seven where uh, Egon was talking about how being a good man and seeing the best in people uh, didn't make him a good police officer because you have to be cynical. And I felt like it was a really damning indictment of the world that Dark is depicting. And I think this is an incredibly cynical episode as well because you have all these people trying to do the right thing or trying to trying to do good, albeit in slightly maybe slightly unscrupulous ways in the case of someone like Noah, maybe. And they're all just failing left, right and centre or making the situation worse. And Charlotte's probably the worst one because... I, I don't think Charlotte is guilty of anything, really. Like, she hasn't... We haven't seen her do anything bad. You know, she hasn't cheated on anyone. She seems like a relatively nice person. And yet, here she is causing the end of the world in her in her storyline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, geez, it is. It's, it's great. Like, I, every single character seems to have that weird, twisted fate where they don't know that they're causing these horrible things to happen, and at some yeah. time, and obviously most of the time they think they're causing the opposite to happen, but that they're not. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a consistent theme that's brought back and back and back. And to be honest with you, knowing that there's only three seasons, you don't get tired of it. No, I'm sure not. Like it, I, it's, yeah, it's 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 phenomenal writing, and it's it, it puts me in mind of that old saying that like the road to hell is paved with good intentions because it's people. I, and they're not even, you know, acting selfishly or anything. They're trying to do the right thing, and they're just they they don't know that they're actually doing the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so uh, Elizabeth is looking at the watch, which maybe takes a little bit uh, extra meaning on now, um, if you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so um, Peter comes over and says that the stranger said only those in the bunker will survive, and then he probably lies to his daughter in the most heinous way possible it'll be okay oh okay i don't did you, i don't think that was too bad I, I i felt like it was okay oh no it was fine i just mean i just mean like uh he wasn't telling the truth <laughs> I, think he, well, I, think he, I think he believed he did he was it might be fine he yeah he doesn't know at that point i think <laughs> th- this was an interesting little cameo for peter this scene um that actually made me feel um a lot of empathy or no, not empathy. A lot of sympathy for mm. um, for his situation because basically, you know, he's in an impossible situation. Um, he can't get a hold of his wife. He can't get a hold of his elder daughter, um, and he knows that something awful is coming. Um, and it struck me that this is one of the few times 
in possibly the whole of the show where a parent has kind of unequivocally put their child first and actually said something bad's happening you're my priority at the moment i need to get you to safety and he takes her and he puts her in the bunker Uh, and it's actually at its core it's a very sweet moment just between peter and his daughter even though he has no idea what's going on like he's literally like i don't know who's telling the truth but i know that if i put you in the bunker you'll be safe and that's all he's thinking about so it's actually i thought it was quite a sweet moment for him, oh def- him definitely definitely was um it definitely was yeah I, I enjoy i do like the relationship between these two it's one of those relationships where sometimes you have on tv and film where there isn't really much said but the way that it's portrayed and there's definitely not a lot said from Ellie. Yeah, no, I know, definitely, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, like the way it's portrayed, you just yeah, know yeah. that they have a close relationship. You know? Yeah, definitely. It's and it's I think that's testament to both the acting and, and the, the direction of the actors, because particularly and the I don't know the name of the little girl who plays Ellie. Carlotta but, van Volkenhain. Okay, that's a great name. Um but she is is you talk about actors or actresses who sometimes asked to play characters who have something on their face or a mask and how much of a thankless task that is Mm -hmm. but having not being able to speak is that is that it must be a hard thing to to learn to convey emotion with i don't actually know i'm assuming she's not a a deaf deaf mute actress um is that a theory (laughs) <laughs> well, the actress isn't deaf mute. Yeah, is that a show? <laughs> yeah, stick it in the Matrix. Um, the, but uh, it, she she uh, like captures the emotion that her character feels and 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 would want to express perfectly. I think she's she is phenomenal. Um, one mm. probably one of the best performances of a child actor I've ever seen. Actually, oh uh, yeah, like she, I, I I agree with you. Like she's far beyond any other child in the show. I mean, yeah. good good thing Yasin was kicked off. He wasn't very good, but also well, uh, good character. You know, <laughs> good character, not that good at acting, to be honest with you. Uh, I, what what the, we didn't we didn't get a chance to get to know Yasin though. Like, think yeah, how he was... could have flourished. You know what? When you get confronted by a stranger in the woods and you're not putting your best shocked face on, I'm sorry. Um, Mickle as well is obviously an actor that that I like. I love the actor that plays Mickle. He's great most of the time, but he's mm-hmm. very clearly an actor that they've protected a little bit. Um, you know, like when they knew he was going to have to have emotional scenes with Ulrich in the second season, they were like, geez, what are we going to do? This actor can't cry. Yeah. Drug him. Drug him. <laughs> Drug him. Yeah. Put him on sleeping pills. Yeah. Just we'll have him have a goofy smile. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I keep going back to that little smile he does when Ulrich hugs him. And it is quite funny. Cause he's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daddy's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whereas Ellie is just like, she's so, she's so serious all the time. And it's, it's brilliant. She just she is a she is a girl who is wise and aged beyond her years. I think. Yeah, definitely. And just uh, in dark discussions this week, we did a costume episode. And I just want to point out for all all you guys listening and thinking about costumes at the minute because of that, uh, Ellie's costume in this episode. Obviously, it's summertime. She can't wear a fox hat, so she's got a fox in her t shirt. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's great. Mm-hmm. And it's the same sort of face, you know, like that was on the uh, that was on that was on the hat as well. Yeah. So there we probably, go. Uh, probably a set. four hours. Until the apocalypse. Do, do, do Benny. Chonta and Yana cutting the bushes. Here's Peter driving to the shop. I love how now now Yana's joining uh, Tronta, like trimming the bush. Yeah, they're having a nice moment together. (laughs) She confronted him and was like, you're trimming other women's bushes? He's like, (laughs) you're welcome to join. (laughs) 
there's a little kind of drama going on about yeah Tranta and his indiscretions where and they just they don't know what's going on yeah uh okay so um we then get uh katarina she comes downstairs in the carnvald house she's been there for a while at this point because yeah i think she was there right after the six hours to go and now she's still there with two hours to go oh yeah she, she no, probably four had hours a to go so had a little nap she's had a little nap but yeah so um helped well, herself actually, to the milk in the fridge yeah she's probably to be honest with you she's probably spending time in the house because she knows that's where her son spent so much time um but also uh she's looking through the the, pho- the photographs I am. I, I imagine the actor who in the photograph. Could you call them an actor if they're just in a photograph? I don't know. But I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Well, it's the, just a person at the time. I imagine the, the person in the photograph was the actor who plays old Michael, like old. Oh Michael. yeah, it must have been. It was. It looks so much like him, like yeah. that. It, it must have just been an old photo of his. But if not, that is a hell of a hell of a mock up slash. They found a hell of a good lookalike. Can you imagine going for that that hard to try and find a good lookalike just for a photograph? Yeah, just well, go, oh, I think this show would do that though. I I wouldn't put it past them. I would not put it past them. But I mean, it would be a hell of a lot easier to just ask the actor, "Do you have any old photos of yourself?" Yeah. Uh, okay. So as the seasons seasons go on, I find um, I warm to Stranger more and more. Even though we know he's Jonas, obviously we're very warm to him anyway. But to be honest with you, in this scene. When Katarina is so aggressive, and she's saying, you know, like, why? I wish you were you weren't here. I, I you know I want Mickle, not you. You know, yeah. And he's just saying, and like it's your fault. I, I just love his performance here. How he's just like, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, you know. he's he's played with such vulnerability in the last last few episodes. And yeah, you're right. Like Katarina is so cynical. Like the 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 fact that her the fact that her mind when he says you can't just go back and get Mikkel and her mind immediately goes to, Oh, he's just trying to protect his own skin. Yeah. It is, uh, is, is such a, a a great kind of encapsulation of how her character's mind works that she, she can't see beyond the things that immediately affect her. And yeah, as you say, like the Andreas Pichman's performance is once again, amazing here. Like the, the sort of the pathos and the, the vulnerability that he brings to the character, is fantastic and there's some really interesting stuff in here as well like the i i can't die because my future already exists it's a bit of a puzzler to me like i don't really understand how that works yet but i i, I hope maybe we'll get some of that from the end of season three by the end of season three but i don't well, know you kind of already got a bit of that in this episode because the idea that the gun didn't work for noah yeah. to kill adam sort of shows that the way this timeline's working is that if you if you exist like because he exists, that must mean Mickle always went back. Yeah. So no matter what happens, it's just playing into that timeline. Like basically, it's it's alluding to the idea that everything is predetermined. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that's a good point actually. With the with, like in comparing it to the gun, is that you you if she tried to change it, it, it something would something would stop it from stop her from correcting it. Exactly, and like we'll get more. I don't know. We'll, actually, I may as well just say it now because it is the next scene uh, with the gun and uh, with Noah. In my opinion, um, this happening, uh, and I'll try not to say anything that's a spoiler. I don't think this is anything to do with the spoiler, to be honest with you. But um, the idea that like the gun jammed when I first saw that, if I'm gonna be honest with you, I thought to myself, "Oh, so what? The gun just jams every time." And then I thought to myself, "Well, no. If you view it as like..." All of these events have to happen the way that they have to happen to cause the situations that are happening. Like for everything to keep going, it has to happen this way. Mm. So the only way 
that the loop was able to continue was when time made the gun jam at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if, if, if time had put together a load of instances where the gun didn't jam, then all of this would break down. So even, cause even though it is a bit like, you know, like it's not like Noah can then just go bang, 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 and it'll jam a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Because it's not predetermined that he'll do that. He'll try it once, it won't work, and then that's, you know... That's it. Yeah, no, I, I think yeah, I think that's right. Like that—that that was my interpretation of it. That that the gun has to jam there, like because yeah. that's because Adam has to survive because he needs to then go and and do something else. Like the loop is self-sustaining, um, and and there are moments of I guess if they happened in isolation, what you would call fate or, or, you know, divine intervention or whatever you want to consider it, which are part of that, that self-sustaining cycle. Yeah. And to be honest with you, like the idea of a like, guns jam, just, it, it does happen. Yeah. That does happen. So yeah. The, it's not so the, impossible. The idea, the idea of the gun jamming, right. Is to me the same fatalistic idea as like in this, in the first, last episode of season one, when middle-aged Helga was driving, happened to be driving down the road at that same time when the old Helga hit hit uh, hit him with the car. Like every single moment has to line up, and just because, like you know, I think a lot of people would sort of fixate on that gun jamming and think, well, that's a bit convenient. But I think I view it in the exact same way. Everything else had to line up. So yeah. in in this loop, the gun the gun jammed. You know, that's just what happened. Yeah, and I and I think it's they have that safety net of just like this is about a cyclical timeline, so these things have to happen. Um, you know, it's the same thing with Ulrich beating Helga's head in and then him somehow recovering without any medical attention. You know, it's very, very, very unlikely. And I think the more distance I get between that occurring and and uh, and where I am presently, the more I'm just like, okay, yeah, like it's not just. It like it kind of is convenient, but it's not convenient because of lazy writing. It's convenient because this is about a a, a self perpetuating cycle of time, which needs these little moments of yeah. of luck falling in a certain way in order to in order to carry on the way it's carrying on. It took a lot of really good writing to get to the point where we can call that convenient. Yes, you know I mean? yeah, exactly. Like, and it's it, I think you know you look at the quality of writing, as you say, that surround those moments and they're clearly not the kind of writers who'd be like oh shit uh i don't know write ourselves out of this corner really quickly like that's yeah. that was it seems like a cop-out but it's done very deliberately in amongst some fantastic and very very complicated writing to go back to the you know the gun moving between characters in this episode they're clearly capable of manipulating quite complex plot lines so it's yeah like they they get a pass from me as far as i'm concerned yeah exactly um what did you think about the idea like i sort of noticed a little sort of a uh, bit of analysis with this in this in the scene I'm going to do now. I, I I enjoyed the idea of Noah. So Noah in this scene very much it was sympathetic to me. Um, mm. I empathized with him, even though he's killed children in the past. Like we can all you know, like there's certain this we'll give him a pass just for this scene, right? He, <laughs> the redemptive cycles of child murderers in uh, in dark in, in yeah. dark yeah yeah um does hannah get a chance at redemption never but see these child murderers geez lovely fellas but uh basically (laughs) noah noah is like the goodie and i would say in this in this scene right oh yeah and uh adam francisca and magnus are the baddies and i just find it so intriguing that in this timeline like later later in their lifespan when you compare it to season one like noah was the bad guy 100 percent, and then like 
and and then they were all the good guys. And it's literally just in the span of one season, it is completely flipped, at least in this timeline. What's really interesting in this scene, I'll talk about like the scene as a whole in a second, but the sound mixing in this scene that normally uh, Noah's stinger, Noah's theme, is overwhelming in the mix. Like when he walks on screen, it's yeah. like it's ominous and it's present and it's strong. And in this scene, it's still there, but it's overwhelmed by I, I haven't actually noticed what like kind of Adam's theme is like if if there if there is one but it's overwhelmed by what is going on in the rest of the sound mix like it kind of presents yeah. it as quite timid and it's really really clever uh, editing of the um, or, or uh, production on the on the on the sound design uh, and the score but but yeah I mean this is as much of a redemption as we could hope for from Noah's character I think um, I I had in my theory matrix that I thought Adam was going to allow Noah to kill him because that was part of the cycle. And I think in retrospect, I was quite naive uh, to think that, to be honest, to, to to imagine that someone as kind of megalomaniacal as Adam is would ever allow himself to be killed when he's the one who he who he believes is is destined to guide humanity to its natural conclusion. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It's a phenomenal scene, and and the the performance of Mark Vashke in this. This is an episode full of great performances, um, mm-hmm. but his performance here, where he's kind of he's desperate, um, and and he's nervous, and he doesn't really seem to know how to use the gun, and he, and he's sort of he he just has this like panic in his character that we haven't seen before, and you immediately empathise with his situation and kind of see the realization in his mind that. Oh, like I'm not gonna kill, be the one to kill Adam here. Like this is, this is all part of the plan, and this isn't going to go well for me. Yeah, and like his his face is very much like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you can see it. The dawning realization in his face, just like, oh, I should have listened to Claudia. Yeah, and then I love, I love, um, like we'll get back to Agnes shooting him in a minute, but I love like when it cuts from this scene to his younger self arriving in 2020, mm. and it's just like this like we've just seen his end right yeah and what we're seeing now is the beginning of his mission you know what i mean like so adam uh, he's been sent to 2020 by himself or adam whoever it was and he's now starting his mission and we just saw the end of it you know yeah yeah and and there's that um there's that kind of dramatic irony in a lot of these moments where you're kind of rooting for the younger character to do something different to avoid that fate but so few people that we've seen thus far have managed to avoid their fate that it's kind of impossible to imagine that Noah is going to be able to do it. Although, with that said, he's such a kind of he he's such a strong character, uh, both in terms of his performance and in terms of like how he's actually presented in the show. That maybe he maybe Noah does have it in him to alter the course of to alter the course of history, if only if only slightly. Hmm. That'd be that'd be interesting to me. Um, that idea. I'd like. I'm interested to hear some theories from you based on that. Um, okay. Uh, that's one thing I actually want to. Cut. Don't, don't tell me any of it. Have you got any theories coming out of this episode? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> like this. Hold on. Let me. Let me. I'll consult the Matrix. Uh. Well. Yeah. I've got a few. I've got a few. Um. Most of them, I think, will come to naturally as we discuss it. There's one or two that I might have to just toss in at the end. But uh. Okay, yeah. Awesome. There's some. There's some big ones. Okay, I can't wait. Uh, all right, so then we get um, uh, Jonas is in the tunnel with Claudia. 
And oh, he... in fact, actually, sorry, I was just going to yeah, say, yeah. but but like, I wanted to mention Agnes, like actually shooting him. Or do you yeah, want to do I'm that? sorry. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Yeah. So, like, I I don't want to say too much on it, except that it's it's really interesting, and I I guess I really should have noticed this sooner. Um, but that Agnes has ditched the sort of colourful, sexy clothes for something far more conservative to kind of embody her rejoining the Sigmundus cult and um, obviously that's not by accident and I, I think the visual language of their outfits is letting us know that these are all people who are like of a uniform way of thinking um, and that there's like no room for individuality in Sigmundus um, and, and I've, the reason I mention this is just because I, ha- I, I, I spotted one or two comments um, I think from either last week or the week before that were like sort of questioning why I sort of gave Claudia a pass Mm. when the Sigmundus people, or Adam, I guess, are kind of talking the same kind of game as, as Claudia. Um, and I think this is uh, this is one of the reasons why um, the visual language of Dark is telling us that these are people who are slavishly devoted to one person. Um, so while like Adam and Claudia might talk in similar terms, Claudia has, well, as far as I'm aware, never compelled anyone to to, you know, use violence on anyone else and doesn't have garish monuments constructed underground <laughs> um and she's she's also the one who's always getting her hands dirty whereas adam uh, we haven't seen him get his hands dirty once until the end of this episode so it but it but it's interesting to see i i think the reason it stood out to me in this episode was because agnes has previously dressed in such a um a provocative manner that seeing her in a very sort of con- conservative um outfit really really stood out to me yeah, it's almost like she's just she's finished her mission of seducing Doris. Yeah, yeah. So she's back, uh, back in the sort of very, very conservative, very restrained ranks of Sigmundus now. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so uh, what did you think about the the idea of time uh, in the in the passageway, Claudia and Jonas opening it up again? Uh, so the 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 visual effects around this are amazing I, I love the the kind of ethereal flow of time into the passage it reminded me a bit of um of like the life stream in final fantasy <laughs> like the like the spirits within um it's is yeah this the sort of flowing beautiful ethereal substance is really really lovely in its presentation um yeah i, I we'll probably come back to it when katarina opens this door but that I don't know what the reopening the passage has done, but that passage is doing some things that it wasn't doing before. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like it, it didn't used to have lights in it. Also, like, I'm gonna say that for a start. Yeah, like I did notice. Um, maybe I'm wrong in this, but I did notice that the little um, uh, fuel holder that Jonas put into the machine. I thought it looked slightly different than the last time. Oh, but, did it? I did. That might that. just be that might just be me misremembering. That's okay if it is. Um, you know, we're all human. Even myself, but uh, one thing I one thing I noticed about the um, the lights coming out of the of the machine, which I was hoping you would mention, but now I have to take some thunder here. Um, did you notice uh, that when he said this is time, it it connects past and future? Did you notice the real thematic parallel there with the lights because the lights looked exactly like a like a snippet of DNA? Oh, what the way they're kind of like twirling around each yeah. other. I, I didn't notice that actually. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, like that's... the idea of like, because obviously we know that Mikkel was taken back, turned into Jonas. So, past and future are actually connected through blood, through DNA, you know? Yeah, that is interesting. I, I, I didn't pick up on that at all. But yeah, that totally makes sense. And, it, it, you know, it's live stream is like, in, in those Final Fantasy terms, is it's just kind of like 
build into people being born from the from you know this this ether and going back to it and these kind of legacies being passed on through blood or some other form of energy so yeah that's that's, that's really interesting basically the same thing isn't it um yeah, so sure. We'll, uh, yeah. So, um, there's a, actually like a sort of a, a montage type, uh, thing going on here now. Yeah. Um, I call this the end game montage because these, it's all the characters getting ready to go off and do something that's going to cause problems. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't actually take, a like a note of every little thing that happened in this. Um, I know that there was birds falling down onto peter and ellie's car i know that peter and ellie eventually got into the bunker which then marta escaped there was a whole load of stuff going on here in monosphere mm. um so is there anything in particular you wanted to pick up on uh mainly just the music i love the it, it reminded reminded me it, it's um almost a return to the sort of john carpenter style stuff of the first season like this kind of bassy synth um that's very ominous like kind of like dung, dung, and it's just like mm. really like very ominous and and setting up a, a a climactic end to the episode by getting everyone in 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 place for what they need to do. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good, good as well. It's it was it was slightly like a it had a different feel to it in my mind than other. Um, uh, maybe it was because it wasn't a song; it was a it was a score. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no actual lyrics to it, so it was a bit different, and there was more sort of dialogue over the top. But yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, very much setting people in place, as you say. Um, then we get, uh, at the very end of that, we get, uh, Jonas and Claudia coming out of the cave and Jonas says, you don't have much time. Take the machine to the bunker. I'm going to go get Marta and my mum." Yeah. So they just kind of set up what they're going to do. And then Jonas and Claudia say goodbye and, um, and they're off. Yeah. So it was actually a shorter, uh, free song than, uh, we would have thought. I, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he does confirm like earlier in this episode that that he spent like the last year, or not quite year, like however long it's been, uh, with Olga Claudia. Yeah, I guess it has been a year, hasn't it? Because he he went back to kind of the the the, the start June, of the June. yeah yeah um yeah. So he spent like the last year with Olga Claudia. So he's got to know her really well, even if she doesn't know him very well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one way relationship at this point, but um, so two hours until the apocalypse. Yep. yep. Set your watches. The, those bushes are getting mighty low. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine like trying to just like it's getting dark, isn't it? <laughs> like, well, it's like this like black hole forming over Winden. Uh, so um, Elizabeth and Peter have another nice little scene where they're ch- chatting in the bunker, saying yeah. like, "Where's Elizabeth? Where's Francisca? Where's Mum?" Uh, and then we go to the teenagers, and Francisca says. Which she probably really hopes that she didn't say. Now she uh, she said we'll go in, ha- in in thirty minutes, in half an hour, we'll uh, we'll go to the bunker, but we'll wait to see if Jonas or Marta arrive. Yeah, there, there's um, I, I can't actually, I can't remember too much about what um, what happens in this particular scene. Is this the, is this the, that's so pretty, hasn't honest, turned that's up at pretty this point. much it? Yeah, like that. I think they just say we're waiting here because this is where Stranger needs to come to to find them basically yeah yeah yeah, exactly uh then we get uh class and break it open yeah yet yet i loved i loved how he was like yeah like the scientist was like really <laughs> yeah it just 
you're not allowed to ask people to do that, I don't think. Like, you're a police officer, not, like, a government official. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, a, there's a great line um, in this uh, where... It's actually uh, when they op- when they un- uh, initially uncover the barrel before the montage starts, um, where he says, this is our elephant, obviously. Re- yeah, that's great. The, yeah, the whole yeah. elephant thing. But it, may- it put me um, in mind, actually, of uh, something which I'd completely forgotten up until this point, which is... Um, I don't know if you know about the elephant's foot in in Chernobyl. It's it's like uh, I haven't watched Chernobyl. Well, not just the show, but just I in know general. in real life too. But I, I don't know about it now. So basically, there's like this kind of slag heap of incredibly radioactive material, which is called the elephant's foot, um, which you can only take pictures of through like a series of mirrors because it's so radioactive that just getting close to it will kill you. Um, when you look at pictures of it, it's very like ominous, very kind of evil looking because it's just this black pile of well it's not molten anymore but it's irradiated metal that is just completely deadly and i i wonder if the the whole kind of elephant um thing that that clausen has brought with him to vinden is meant to conjure images of the elephant's foot in chernobyl because obviously the, the yeah. you know, chernobyl has been referenced many times in this well, show. now now that you've said that i believe that 100 percent now yeah 100 percent like it just because I mean you know seeing the whole elephant that is definitely a, uh, a a kind of idea that I've heard before as well but I do believe they're working in some some Chernobyl um, imagery in there too. One hundred percent. That that's that's great. That's a great thing you know like you know to say. I'd actually never heard. It. That sounds really. I might go and watch a hundred YouTube videos on that now. Yeah, I mean if you, if you get an opportunity to look up pictures of the elephants for Chernobyl, do it's it's horrible to look at because it's just yeah. like oh that thing it does not look good. It's just this man-made poison that's just going to sit there for hundreds and hundreds of years now, which you know is very similar to what's about to happen in uh, in dark. Yeah, uh, I think I'll, I'll I'll squeeze uh looking up pictures out into my schedule. I'll get them in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, uh, Claudia and uh, Regina now have a reunion. Yeah, this is a hell of a hell of a scene. Yeah. So the it's, it's what I find so heartbreaking about this is that Regina, looking at her mother, must realize after the initial shock's gone, she must realize I'm literally seeing my mother hardly any time after she left me. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, no 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 time. Well, I say no time. <clears throat> I guess it's probably been five days or so. Yeah, five Four five days. days yeah. yeah, since she left her, and it's 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 such. This is one of the most for me one of the most touching scenes in the whole show. I think um, it, it's very short, but but um, Deborah Kaufman, the, the 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 woman who plays Regina, she she kind of she does a great job of capturing that kind of exhaustive crying that one does when when like a kind of long standing pain is is finally released like she just lets it all go yeah. um and and you can kind of see <clears throat> in in Claudia's performance which I, th- I think the actress is called Julia Jenkins who is yeah, uh, that mi- makes sense. yeah. Uh, but her bit her behavior it feels like it's tempered by her experience with Egon a bit here where she's sort of doing everything in her power to not have a repeat of what happened with Egon but she still has that desperation like she can't let Regina die but she's yeah. also not going to lie to her so she's far softer she's far like she's not defaulting to the kind of commanding almost bossiness that she that she used with Egon she's she's a much softer touch here and but it's just yeah like Regina having not seen her mother for 33 years but for her mother it's been less than a week is it's really really like captured in their performance yeah it's, it's, it's a great scene yeah it's fantastic um 
what did you think? I wanted to get your thoughts on what do you think about the fact that um, Noah arrives with a pic with a with a letter uh, apparently from Marta, mm. um, and it completely changes Strange Jonas's mind about what he's doing. It com- like it completely shifts his agenda. Yeah. So I, this is one of my theories. I'm pretty sure the handwriting on that letter is the same handwriting that was on the letter to Clausen. Um, telling him that his brother was in Vinden. So, and, and you know, obviously, Mar- like the Marta we know couldn't have written this letter. There's no way. Like she, she doesn't have any other tools at her disposal, or any of the knowledge at her disposal to 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 write a letter that that floors the stranger like that. So yeah. I think it must it must be the uh, who I have dubbed in the theory matrix ultimate martyr. Um, That's what the whole fan the whole fandom has dubbed her alt martyr. Oh, have they? Nice, good. Yeah. I'm I'm in good company then. Um, and we but... do- we dubbed her that before season three came out. By the way, just so you're you're up to speed. Nice. Okay. Cool. Alt Marta it is then. So, I, I I won't get into it too much now because obviously we'll we'll probably get into it more in the scene where Marta does actually die. But yeah. I am of the I'm of the opinion that this crossing of the timelines has never happened before because stranger doesn't know about it and adam doesn't know about it so um yeah how do you know stranger doesn't know about it and adam doesn't know about it well because stranger's reaction to this letter well i I guess i don't know but my assumption of what this letter is saying is that it's like written from by alt martyr saying oh by the way this is what's happening there's there's you know different timelines going on concurrently and i'm trying to stop things in this timeline or I'm doing doing whatever she's up to in her timeline and that's enough to completely floor him because I mean it must be her who wrote it it can't be it can't be our Marta so unless it's, it's I, 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 I guess. yeah I find it interesting that you just believe it was Marta you know what I mean yeah I don't, I don't know if Noah really has a reason to lie at this point I, 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 I'm not sure what he would what he would gain oh, it was a mosquito well, Sorry, <laughs> like, <laughs> what he, what he would gain by um by lying to to stranger at this point because he's off, you know, operating independently from the Sigmund disguise at least a little bit at this point. But okay, so I want to pick you up on something. You're under the impression that when he left Noah at the start, young Noah left old Noah. He just went, he went then and traveled through time himself. How would he travel through time without Adam's knowledge? Um. Well, I mean, Adam wasn't present when he went back in time, so we know Magnus and Francisca were the ones who sent him back in time. Okay. So, I mean, it's possible that Adam does know about it, but I I get the impression, from what we've seen of Noah up until the moment he realises that Adam has lied to him about... about Ellie and and Charlotte, he he's always been he's always appeared kind of subservient, but he has also always had a closer relationship with his young self than he's had with Adam. So, I think it's not outside the realm of possibility that he started kind of operating independently from Sigmundus earlier than than we were initially shown. I don't I don't mean, but I think we've had a few scenes uh, this season where. He's been like sort of speaking to younger Noah about like when Adam will use him. You know what I mean? Um, like you know when Adam will bring him into the fray. Basically, like he's sort of he's sort of waiting in the wings of Sigmundus at the very beginning of the season. Yeah, so my, that is true. And I don't even know if we ever get a, a confirmation either way. If I'm honest with you, but my understanding of it was that 
when he walked away from Noah at the very beginning into the room, he was walking into Adam to get his mission. That's that's how I viewed it. Uh, okay, that that's yeah, that that could be the case. My my read of that was that he was going into the time travel room because we then we see Magnus and Francisca uh, sending him back in time. But I guess it's a little bit later, so it's possible. But he has had a conversation with Adam <clears throat> and is then and is then going to to give a uh, stranger the letter so did, i mean did it's... we see magnus and francisca sending him through time i think so yeah i think i think you see a close-up of um francisca's face like manipulating the controls yeah but isn't that when the adam's going through time i think that they do it again for that i could have sworn that it does it for both of them oh maybe i, I well if it, if it did i completely missed that to be honest with you um i i'm not i'm not 100 certain on that now but uh, yeah i mean the the i'll i'll kind of couch all of this in the acceptance that my in my theories about what Altmarta is doing and where she's come from and what has come before uh like before her arrival is entirely up in the air at the moment. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's no way there's no way of fully knowing what's going on yet. You've just you've just literally been told there's a there's a different there's a different world, so Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah there's a there's a there's some kind of different timeline going on and uh i was not prepared for that so i need to adjust <laughs> all of my expectations yeah exactly uh right okay Canarina, what do you think about her going into the cave and uh lighty lights being led to the door yeah so the the, the kind of live stream the ethereal um cesium 137 stream whatever it's whatever it is 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 very beautiful again like really really lovely uh sort of visual visual representation of um of that and yeah the 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 bright light that shines on her face when she opens the door during the montage um i don't know what's going on there i don't know what's going on there (laughs) like is it just a nor is it just the normal passage but it has lights in it now or is that an indication that it's its function has changed in some way i i don't know well maybe it, it could it just be that that like sort of dna light thing that jonas did is still there yeah i guess so it could it, i mean I, you know i, I i'm not going to be i'm not going to be disappointed if she turns up in like the 50s <laughs> as opposed to uh opposed to some other time but but it's it, it feel it felt like a very distinct way to sort of present the contents of that tunnel and it very explicitly didn't show us what she was looking at as well okay uh awesome uh then we do get the montage and there's a whole load in this montage um yeah it starts off with katarina going into the the cave but then it also has ellie uh in the future going sort of uh in into the power plant in a similar fashion mm. um it also has claudia and regina coming into the uh bunker. in into the bunker and then we also get them them continuing to dig up the barrels and also adam gets his whole garb on and then goes through the the teleportation as well yeah so the um there is there's a lot in this montage like so first off i mean you when it's, I, when it's I... not the full-on it's not the full montage though is this not the full one no no there's a little mini sort of one with voiceover just before Marta gets shot scene. Uh oh okay. So we'll, yes. we'll, yeah. Yeah, okay. So this isn't this and isn't Pete, the one Yeah, we... like Peter sees Claudia and says that's you, you're Claudia. Um you know, so it's it's it, there's only a there's only a few in this one. This isn't the the uh, my body is a cage. Uh Oh okay, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I can't actually remember too much about what was in this one then, to be honest. Well, just just Claudia, but I suppose the main the main takeaway is Adam's traveling through time, uh, Elizabeth going into the uh, into the power plant, and Regina and Claudia um, have made it to the bunker. Oh yeah, that's I, yeah. I do remember now. Ellie like loading up her guns and and going to the power plant, which does actually. I th- I think I did have a theory that that she knew more about about like what was going on in the power plant than she was like telling everyone which i was t- I, I can't remember if i gave myself a point for that we'll find out next week tune oh. in all right okay uh interesting so um then we'll get on to the martyr scene so there's a, ha- a fair bit in this scene if we're going to be honest yeah. with, each, with, with yeah, each other a little bit um it starts off with Marta and Jonas having a very sort of passionate moment where Marta realizes that it was Jonas at the lake um i, th- I thought it was interesting that she put that together Mm. Um, also, I just want to mention Lewis Hoffman here. Yeah. When Marta says we're a perfect match and touches his face, and then the second he t- she touches his face, a tear drops. Yeah, yeah. He is a he is a good crier. He's a good yeah. crier. Is our Lewis Lewis uh, Lewis Hoffman? So what do you um, what do you think of this uh, sort of first act of this scene, so to speak, where they sort of they finally just throw their inhibitions to the wind and they say, you know what, we're we're an item. I think um the it, it, it's it's just uh, the, this entire scene is tinged with such sadness it's it's this doomed romance um and it's it's really performed beautifully by by Lewis Hoffman and Lisa Vicari like the the sort of they do some wonderful work with their characters and it the, this is it, it puts it, it reminds me of the Ariadne stuff to be honest. I did some reading on on uh, Theseus and Ariadne um, in the lead up to and after this this episode um, to kind of look at what actually happens in that story. Yeah. And this I this idea that Ariadne is like you know romanced by Theseus and then left behind by her is kind of kind of captured in this in this scene a little bit yeah. where like they're sort of passionately in love with each other but we know it's not going to end happily for a number of reasons um and it does have that kind of element of the greek tragedy about it yeah um, definitely that we just we know it's not gonna it's not gonna end well and then um obviously i don't do you want to go into the adam turning up as well let's go into it okay so adam bloody shows up (laughs) as he's wont to do here's adam yeah and we and we you know his whole he gets a great like this his speech is almost machiavellian you're like i am the trigger for what you will become and it's all just like just get on with it and shoot her you you (laughs) maniac and then that i I don't think this was deliberate but the shot of him the 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 front-on shot of the gun moving from pointing at Jonas to pointing at Lisa, uh, pointing at Marta, uh, really put me in mind of, you know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where he's like pointed the gun at Indiana Jones and then he shifts it to shoot his dad instead yeah. to make him do <laughs> yeah. that's what it. That's what it reminded me of. Um, but it's, it, and, and then, you know, him being like, oh, you can save the girl or try to stop the bad guy is, I mean, that's almost like kind of pulpy like it's 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 such a classic conundrum to leave the hero in it works it works brilliantly um but it's just i feel like dark normally doesn't really deal in kind of binaries like it's it's very rarely like here are the good guys here are the bad guys but i feel like in adam's case it's like no that guy's the bad guy (laughs) like like this he's almost like if he had a mustache he'd be twirling it as he like runs away from having shot martyr um which is is interesting because I'd like I feel like 
he's the first character we've had since maybe Noah in season one. And even Noah in season one, I didn't really hate where I'm just like, okay, I want to see that guy get what's coming to him. Yeah. Like, as you say, like he very much is the big bad guy here. Like at the end of the first season, it was Noah. Um, So it's interesting that they do shift that as well. The perspective on that. And uh, I'm interested to see what you think about what they do in season three um in terms of that because i'm not gonna say it's the same sort of idea of shifting perspective or whether it's just you know adam is the bad guy you know so i'm interested to see what you think there uh going forward um what did you think uh about the idea like did you pick up on the idea when when she was shot uh the the bullet hole was like right in her midriff which sort of uh echoes stranger's nightmare about the uh the time sort of god particle being in coming out of a midriff yeah, I, 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 I wonder if that's that. So when when I when I saw that scene initially, my assumption was that she had become pregnant from, um, from when she when she and Jonas had sex in the summer of summer of twenty nineteen. So I I wonder if that's not the case, and and it is it is instead a stranger reflecting on on this wound that that she sustains as. Uh, like because of adam um it it could it could be it could be both i guess i haven't mm. really started unpacking that fully but that yeah that it that definitely does explain uh or is a potential reason why he was seeing that in that nightmare yeah like he's still carrying that with him um yeah which and as, well, you're, as, as adam does, said yeah. adam said you'll carry that you know forever yeah and i, I think I, I, maybe you can explain this to me because i I know it's been shown to us several times and i can't honestly remember what uh, what we've actually seen in relation to it but the circling of the 27th on the calendar is that is that something that i've, I've forgotten that is like important well we just know that that was there in the future like we had seen yeah. it there before and like the idea to me is now this is i think it's all up for interpretation but in my opinion i think i'm right uh <laughs> i think basically what they're showing is is that adam believes that this is the moment that the circle is complete he has just sown the seed in Jonas becoming adam right uh, okay yeah. so he, he puts the circle on that date as in like this is the day the cycle continued yeah okay that makes sense yeah i just wasn't sure if there was something else that was supposed to happen today that that maybe I'd I'd forgotten about uh, because it was mentioned earlier in the season because I I'm now incapable of remembering things that have happened like six episodes ago. No, just just the apocalypse, you know, just the, the small happening <laughs> yeah. of the apocalypse. Uh, that yeah. was all it was, and the cycle closing. Obviously, now is the scene with the my body is a cage. Mm, what do you call it? Montage. montage. One of yeah. my favorite montages in the whole show. Yeah, I I mean one of the best montages. Ever. I've ever seen, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah, it's uh, like the, what a song choice. It's just, it's, it, I don't know who it is, but it, it sounds a bit like kind of Tom Waits or something. Um, oh, I know who it is. What's wrong with me? I, I listen to this like at least once a week. What the hell is wrong with me? You do what I do and just don't pay attention to the names of the artists that you're I, listening to. Peter Spotify. Gabriel. Oh, is it Peter Gabriel? Yeah, it's Peter Gabriel, yeah. Wow, I would not have called that this was Peter Gabriel. Um, okay, yeah, well, it's uh, it's a phenomenal song choice, and it's, I think it it, it kind of ties into this idea that 
all of these people are kind of constrained or confined by the behaviors that they are or the emotions they feel for one another and the the um the actions that that time dictates they undertake so it's kind of presenting both perspectives it's sort of my body is a cage that's how adam feels because he wants to kind of end humanity because he wants to get rid of all emotions because that's the root of human suffering yeah and it's also how young Jonas feels you know he's bound to the emotions he feels for Marta he and and it's not just him either you know like Magnus and Francisca are bound to each other it's 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 there's so many I, I actually I wonder if this was written for Dark or whether it was because yeah. um, it's so it, like it I don't know how you find a song that that kind of delivers metaphor as fittingly as as this one does yeah like to be honest with you like um the one at the end of season one was perfect too. Maybe this time, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Like they they have they either are just very very good at finding songs that that fit the fit what they're going for, or they are giving giving Genesis a ring and being like, hey, you know, Sledgehammer. Well, <laughs> well, that was actually wasn't Genesis. That was just Peter Gabriel. But they're just yeah. like, we want you to make something that's nothing like that. Although I would very much like a claymation video that featured the characters from dark that would be oh that would be great that would be fantastic <laughs> that would be all right yeah like and like the way i think of it as well sometimes is like that um Jonas's body is a cage in that like you know who he is is a cage like his body his dna who he is is yeah. a cage from stopping him being with marta because marta is his auntie you know like, i always yeah. viewed it like that way as well um okay so there's a lot of stuff happens we get um obviously the uh now there's there's a lot of happenings here that happen in a short space of time that I'm I, I want to see your thoughts on them first before I give you I unpack it for you and say what I understand about it. But anyway, so uh, Ellie starts tinkering away with the thing in the future. Katarina is mm. going into the into the tunnel. We've got the um, portal appearing, and then Charlotte and Elizabeth are there. They touch each other, which causes the apocalypse. Uh, Noah, young Noah, arrives in the bunker, gives Ellie a little hello, little little wink. Um, and then also, uh, then the it's apocalypse. inappropriate given the age difference. To be honest, yeah. It also sh- <laughs> it also shows uh, Francisca, um, old Francisca, playing with the dials, and then yep. the, then the explosion happened. Yes, yes. So I don't know how things blow up, but I can tell you right now that the imagery pulled directly from the creation of Adam of Ellie and Charlotte touching fingers across a portal is definitely not by accident. <laughs> well, it's the same same exact same symbolism as uh, young Helga and Jonas from the first season. Young Oh yeah, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, that's a good point. But uh, yeah, that that kind of imagery of, you know, touching the face of God um and 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 like you know reaching out to reaching out to do so across, reaching across out. time and space. <laughs> touching, yeah. touching hands. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's beautiful in in its own way as i said like the irony of of charlotte kind of desperately panically going like right Rolla, uh time travel apocalypse is gonna happen get in the car we gotta go and she's like racing to fix this yeah. and she's actually racing to cause it like she doesn't even she doesn't even realize it it's and me. then seeing ellie and i thought it was really interesting and really kind of sweet actually that ellie still calls her mum even though she's also her daughter which to me Makes Here's a question think... for you. Go on. Do you think that Elizabeth knows that her daughter, who is no longer with her, was her mum? That's a good point, actually, because I w- I was going to say the she fact obviously she obviously named her... she named her after her mum. 
You know, that's what I imagine. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, because, yeah, I was going to say the fact that she says mum to me implies that she knew her more as a mother than as a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Noah Noah didn't know who she was or where she went. So it stands to reason that Ellie doesn't either. Um, so, yeah, like I guess she she probably she quite possibly doesn't know that Charlotte is her daughter. Um, but that that kind of completion of the loop, I guess, like the mother, they're both mother and daughter to each other touching each other i guess it's kind of represented in the yeah and it's kind of represented in the three twinned portals all activating at the same time like everything is kind of activating to 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 complete the loop so to speak um and yeah just everything goes to shit after that really yeah it was it was my understanding that um so what i was going to get into it's my understanding that the reason uh, there's a few reasons, like it all sort of as a culmination of factors as to why the uh, dark, or the dark matter, or whatever it's not the god particle, Higgs boson, whatever they call it, yeah. whenever whenever that um, ignites and starts rising out of the barrel, the reason for me, the reason why that happens is, is a is a load of things. So for one, obviously, it probably helps that uh, Jonas uh, activated the tunnel again. Uh, mm. But the main two things for me were uh, Francisca in in the past using their twin machine and yeah. sort of dialing it up and then elizabeth in the future dialing it up yeah it, it felt to me like elizabeth knew on this day you do this you know oh, yeah at, yeah at this time. so then like that's obviously the same one but in the future and then by doing that it created the uh the the energy needed to to, to rise this out of the barrel yeah, like I think I, I think of it in terms of, like to use a really kind of clumsy metaphor. I think of it as like if you had three torches and you're shining uh, them through like a piece of fabric or something like that. If you turn on two of the torches, you can still see the light from the other side. Yeah, you know that that's kind of what's happening here. I think like the energy from the other two twinned portals is kind of bleeding into bleeding into this timeline and giving it the energy it needs to to open. Um, so it's not you know it's not a case of them accidentally activating it in yeah. 2020 they were just there when it happened to get switched on in in the two other timelines yeah and i and i also kind of feel like you know the the, the answer to the question why didn't whenever helga and Jonas touch each other in season uh one why didn't that cause an apocalypse well the answer to that is is because this has the energy of the future ball and the past ball all filtering into this Mm. which which when the it was such a big made it such a bigger portal as well obviously that when they oh, touched yeah. when they touched all of that uh energy was dispersed from almost three timelines yeah i mean and like think of the amount of season 137 we're talking about like the one that that helga and jonas touched through is a little oh, vi- a vial yeah. of you know a couple of milligrams or uh millimeters no what is the what's the how do you measure liquid mills mills sure let's say mills um whereas this is you know barrels and barrels of the stuff in 2020 and then you know the combined weight of the other portals as well it's orders of magnitude more powerful yeah and isn't it also a bit scary the idea that that was just all that i think that was out of one barrel so the rest of it is is. still in there but obviously it's not activated because it doesn't really fit the same so are they i'm trying to think in in 2052 obviously there's like a bunch of rubble where the where the kind of uh concrete um containment chamber for the mm. for the barrels was so the, the, we haven't seen any other barrels in there have we um no i'm just trying to get a sense of whether they maybe were removed at some point in the aftermath or whether they're oh still yeah there. they might have been they might have been yeah 
Yeah, definitely might have been. And, and sort of resealed somewhere else, maybe. Um, yeah, by Vola. Just put another truck somewhere. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's gone. I've, I only admitted my crimes to her. So. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Clausen's dead. And like, Vola, <laughs> uh, Vola survives, but he's blinded in the other eye, tragically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, didn't we see Torben's uh, gravestone at the start of the season? Yeah, but that's just because like he's become like a kind of blind uh, kind of Kenshi samurai. It's symbolic type now. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's the de- the old Vola is dead. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. and now and now he's kind of taken on this new sort of daredevil style persona as like the blind guardian of <laughs> of Vinden. Yeah, yeah. Um it's a, it's a shame we didn't see him in the in the future when we were there. You, you know. Oh, uh, well, I mean you I mean you you, he, you know what happened to. actually? He went down. He went down in a fight with Regina to the death swords yes yeah yeah. That, yeah that would that fits perfectly yep uh so all of a sudden jonas stop your crying she's right here <laughs> what is going on here <laughs> i literally said holy shit out loud like when, when i when you when someone well, actually i'll tell you what i said when when because uh, the shot is kind of of him uh, leaning over Marta, kind mm-hmm. of mourning her, and you see, you know, movement over his shoulder, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be another Marta!" Like, and then lo and behold, um, it was the perfect setup shot for it. I, I, so I had started. I, I, I think I kind of mentioned it to you briefly. I'd started to sort of think about an alternate reality kind of multiverse theory. Um, given Claudia has been talking about seeing worlds without without Jonas and and what that could potentially mean. Um, and this this com- this kind of confirms it to me, um, but I I love that I love that Alt Marta fits the most important trope of an alternate reality version of a character, which is a slightly different hairstyle. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, the Magnus in her world who has a goatee. It's like it's, uh, and and you know the the Torben who has a mustache. Um, you've got to do but, it, like you've got to do it. Exactly, it's it's the it's the most important trope, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, this is kind of plucked out of nowhere, but the fact that Marta is time traveling from what appears to be an alternate reality, to me, tells me that she is the Jonas of her reality. Um, so that's one, that's one of the theories I've got in my Matrix that she's from a reality where basically the roles are reversed, and um, and she was taken in maybe by maybe by Claudia as well, or maybe other things are reversed too, um, and and she has kind of stepped across realities to 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 fix to fix Jonas's one but i this is like it's like i was saying at the beginning of the episode so you've got you know all these different timelines that that are really complicated to begin with and now you've just taken a sidestep so you have all those timelines in a different reality potentially <laughs> as well. so it's like what is going to happen in the next season yeah we've only got one season left eight episodes yeah it's going to be there's going to be a lot to go i'm looking forward to them just doing what they've done previously and just doing a whole episode in the 80s where it's just alternate Enos looking after the female Mickle that she's uh, <laughs> that she's found. It's ridiculous. This show's dumb. It's, like, it's, it's, so, it's so ambitious. It's so and so stupid. But yeah, so in that light, in that timeline, I think the Flash ran really fast and broke a hole in time. And now Jonas and Marta are off to a different world. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you think the other, that would happen in the other one. Yes, Superman is a communist. That's a Red Sun reference. <laughs> hasn't read Red Sun. No, Superman's a communist in that world. Okay, awesome. Uh, right. Okay, so let's. Uh, I'm sure you'll talk about more of the scene when we actually do get into your theories in the in the breakdown. But let's get into that now. Yep. Cool. Let's do it. So, 
what do you think of this episode i actually didn't check the imdb rating but uh we'll assume it's good yeah i uh, this was this was amazing this is a great way to end a season of television i had amazing cliffhanger I had some great dramatic moments particularly claudia and regina's reunion and, and Jonas and marta's uh reunion it was compelling from start to finish like the really it, it was pretty damn close to a perfect episode of television i would say I, I i can't wait to cannot wait to get into um into season three yeah well to be honest with you neither can i i'm really looking forward for you watching my theories now not that any of them are any good but i just i just think it'll be so interesting to see what your take it is on them by the way the imdb rating for this one is 9.5 yeah i mean that's that's I, I kind of think at that point you're like splitting hairs. Like you might as well just yeah. call it a ten and be like, yeah, that was yeah, yeah. that was that was an amazing episode of television. Like that's 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 great. Um, we'll round up. Yeah, yeah, round up. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one a give that one a ten. And it's also it's nice that that comes on the heels of, of probably my least favorite episode of the season with what is probably my favorite episode of the season. Yeah, you rocked a few boats with that actually because there was oh, um there was a couple of people who were saying that like this episode 7 is their favorite episode. But as I said before, I think the I think the difference in watching method, binging and not binging will play a play a play a part there. And also at the other time everyone's looking for different things in shows, so Yeah. Oh I, well. I, I yeah, I mean, you know, whatever whatever you're into my opinion is objectively right. So like it's <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean it's I Argue think it, all you yeah, want. It, 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 I think part part of that is probably that when you're watching one episode a week, if one episode doesn't have that much that propels the plot forward, which I felt like last episode didn't, it can feel a bit stagnant. Whereas this one, just everything moved. Like there's nothing that will be the same at the beginning of season three uh, as it as it was in this episode. So it's it, like you know it couldn't couldn't be more compelling. Um, yeah. Which I think is why it was so entertaining. Although I I do also see what you mean. I think it's episode six um as a kind of dramatic set piece i feel like is probably the strongest episode of the season in terms of what it what it actually delivers and probably the the episode that i'd be most likely to show someone if they weren't that familiar with dark from this from this season yeah okay theories go right okay so we've had a couple of them so um obviously i i think alternate martyr wrote the letters to Clausen and Stranger, yeah. maybe others. Young Noah and Ellie, I think they're going back in time together to either the 50s or the 20s. We know they're together now, but I don't think they're having that baby in the post-apocalyptic future. I just don't see them kind of cozying up in the woods <laughs> like with, with their baby while there's war going on outside. Um, so that's, yeah, that's 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 one of them. I think Charlotte probably travelled through time when she touched that portal, so okay. I don't think she's dead. I think I think I think Voller is dead. I think all the people that we saw graves for are dead. I'm trying to think who who's missing from that. I guess we didn't see Clausen's grave, so I don't know. Maybe Clausen will show up somewhere. Maybe he got encapsulated in the portal. Um, I don't think alternate. So this is kind of the big one for me so the way that adam talks to Jonas about this killing martyr being the trigger to set him off um on the path to becoming adam makes me think that there's no way that alternate martyr showed up for him so that to me is like confirmation that the timeline has already diverged okay. and that something's really different which feels enormous that 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 claudia has actually found a way to change it oh well I mean, change it by bringing in outside help, bringing in, <laughs> bringing in the uh, cavalry, 
Mm. And then um, this is just kind of a little aside, but I feel like so the we we didn't even mention it to be honest, but her sort of golden snitch time machine orb thing yeah. that she has that's awesome for a star i feel like they're constantly one-upping themselves in the time machine designs yeah but it lo- <clears throat> it looked very similar to the kind of golden compass uh thing that Cla- old claudia had in her possession when she died hmm. uh that we saw uh, that we saw among her possessions in the kind of autopsy room in the 50s yeah so i think i mean i think it's it's implied by martha showing up that Claudia has been in touch with her, but I think that kind of confirms it that Claudia has traveled to this alternate timeline or alternate world or whatever you want to call it uh, previously and has has gear from there, basically. Hmm, interesting. So um, those, are, those are my big ones. Awesome. Have you got any little ones for us? Um, well, I say those are my big ones. Those are all of them. I think I, I, I'm going to, I was going to kind of. Do you, do you want me to make sort of broad predictions for season three in this one? Um, we'll leave that until the. Uh, I don't know. You can, yeah, because the, the 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 next next week's one is um is the theory matrix, so that's going over your theory. So yeah, make the make the predictions now. I mean, okay. we're already oh, we're we're really running long, but this is a season oh, God, finale. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, you know, give the people what they want. Yeah, exactly. Some- some some random theories that won't amount to anything i also so, love um, i only care I, I start caring about how long this episode is at an hour and 44 in yeah that's when it that's too long an hour and 42 you're laughing an hour and yeah. 44 no one's gonna listen to that um <laughs> goodbye i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right so every single like, i'm only gonna make one for the time being i think but every okay. this struck me at the end of the episode so every single season has introduced at least one new timeline in i guess in season two's case you could argue it introduced two because we didn't really see any of 2052 uh in season one yeah so and i just made me start thinking what timelines are we gonna see that we haven't seen already and i'm gonna i'm gonna go very conservative with this because i need the points but i, I think there's 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 precedent for it so i think we're going to see 1899 98 i don't try, know what, what try it again be. what are we on 2020 are we just on 2020 2021 2021 so yeah 1898 then no. if it was a 30 year cycle 33 year cycle no wait hold on no that's not right 1888 yay yeah, he, got, go. he got Ma- there in the end Matt. Anthony's a mathematician. I am not, although I do work <laughs> with computers, which is worrying. Yeah, eighteen eighty-eight. So I think I well, I I'll I think we'll see something in the nineteenth century, which is very exciting because I want to see people. I want that. I want to see Germany had cowboys, right? That's what we'll get. <laughs> we'll get like, yeah, of course, it'll be it'll be like Back to the Future three. It'll just be a bunch of cowboys and steam trains and stuff. Um, Little which, model DeLoreans. Yeah, yeah, that'll be amazing. Um, and. I don't know if there's that much to show. I, I feel like the world won't be that different in 2085 from 2052, but I'm going to say 2085 as well, just because I feel like those are the two um, those are the two timelines they could potentially show us. Two extensions. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to ask, like, literally, let's do 30 seconds just so we can actually end this episode before two hours. What? <laughs> what? Just could you maybe think like what character? Are we going to know any characters in the 1888 storyline as as far as you're concerned? Or is it going to be like sort of an introduction of some new sort of law building stuff? Well, the like Magnus, um, Magnus, uh, Francisca and Bartos all need to age 
like 33 years to get to where they are in the 20s. So I think I think they're going to be the ones who go there. Okay. Interesting. I think I think I think Stranger is just going to jump them all the way back to I think I think what's probably going to happen is he's going to panic thinking about it in my head. He knows that Adam is operating in the 20s, so he's probably going to panic and be like, "Oh, I'll go to like the 1880s or something because that like Adam won't have been operated by then." And and that's what they'll travel back to. Then the time machine will get stolen or broken by someone dropping it or Bartos doing something stupid. And um and then they'll they'll age up to the appropriate age for them to do the Sigmundus stuff, but it'll actually all be part of the the formation of Sigmundus. Interesting. Interesting. Uh all right, well, that is the final episode of season two. Absolutely fantastic episode, as Conrad has said multiple times, and I will back that up. One of my favorite uh, episodes, to be honest with you. The, the season finales are dark. You can never really go wrong with them. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so make sure, guys, you are subscribing on YouTube if you haven't already. Subscribe to podcasting apps. Um, also, could you send us uh, some comments for Conrad? I don't think... We don't have an episode for the ones you would put on this uh, video, but definitely we could find a place for them, a home for them uh, here on the channel. So uh, could you please uh, make sure you do that? If you want to send us uh, a lovely message or anything like that, or even just some criticism, whatever you want, send it to adpodmail at gmail.com. Please don't send me criticism. I can't take it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a weak constitution, this man. But um, <laughs> send me as much criticism as you want, okay? Um, if you're sending it to Conrad, just send it to Anthony with no capital A, and then I'll know it's for him. <laughs> uh, but it'll keep him. It'll keep him sweet. All right, guys. Well, I think that's all. All from us this week. Uh, anything else to say, Conrad? Just see. You. I mean, we'll see them a couple of times before this, but see you in bloody season three, folks. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the After Dark podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.